0: How to publish your book podcast, where we are helping writers become authors. I'm Ashley Shannon, and I'm here with my co host, Carrie McAvoy. And today we're going to talk about the importance of building your author platform before or while you're writing your book and not waiting until your book is ready to publish.
1: So, hi, Carrie. Hey, Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, doing really well.
0: Okay, so let's dive right in. When did you start building your author platform?
1: Oh, I'm embarrassed by this. I started it after the fact. And I think that's a common error. But I really didn't... First of all, even the word, what is that author platform mean you know we're using this words as if we have a sense of that so when I heard that like what are they talking about am I going to go out and actually build a platform of something so (laughs) but no I had no clue I I wrote I wrote in isolation wrote alone wrote my first manuscript by myself and and that's all I did just wrote so I didn't have any idea about it how about you did you know what it was
0: um I kind of started writing my first book at the same time I started listening to um, different publishing podcasts. So I knew what it was and um, I read some books on it and stuff like that, but I still didn't start doing it until after I published my first book. Well, I I self-published my book and sold it to my Facebook friends. (laughs) Right, right.
1: And in fact, I think that's, I see there's two problems. One is people don't know what it is. And then the second is people don't feel like they have a legitimate right to even try and start to build one because part of the question or issue becomes when are you technically a writer or author, you know, so yeah. struggle with that.
0: Yeah, um, I, I had a student in a class bring that up like just a couple days ago, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to publish my author Facebook page because I haven't published a book yet. I'm not an author um, and I think that's crap. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, <laughs> an excuse that we tell ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm just a writer. I'm not an author. Um, I think if I think first off, I think those terms go hand in hand. I don't think there's any difference. Um, and maybe there was before, but I think at this point they're basically synonymous and, you know, who decides when you are something. I think if you're writing in a journal, you're a writer, you know, if that's what you want to be and you're taking steps towards being it, then you know, hit publish on the Facebook page, I guess,
1: you know, so I'm hearing from you. It sounds like for you to accept and own your identity as a, a writer was never a struggle. It was pretty easy for you.
0: Um, I would say that it was really, yeah, it was really easy with like my online presence. Um, it's still a struggle in my day-to-day life um not much now because I live in a community that has writers and artists and it's kind of bubbling and vibrant with that kind of stuff so it's not uncommon for people to you know what do you do I'm a writer but I can remember like filling out the paperwork for Graham's preschool a couple years ago and I'm like stay at home mom as if that sounded better than having a job right like I'm single and I just
1: stay at home that's what I what was hard what was hard about writing it on the on the application the preschool application
0: um I don't know because some probably it's probably my own complex and like with my mom and stuff like a writer is not a real job <laughs> oh
1: <laughs> you know? okay I wasn't yeah it wasn't was it I didn't know if you didn't feel like it was legitimate or if you didn't feel like it was value I wasn't for sure what it, so in your mind it wasn't like a real thing
0: yeah um even now and so I've been writing full-time for almost two years and even now my mom still tells people I'm an editor I'm not an editor. I've, I've wow. never been an editor, like ever.
1: Wow. wow. So,
0: and so it's just not, it's not a real job.
1: Now, if you use the word author, would she feel that, see that differently?
0: Um, yeah, maybe, but she'd probably think that I was, you know, putting on some airs, you know, cause I'm not traditionally published. So that's another thing is like, I've published six or seven books at this point, Um, but I, I don't think that she would consider me to be a published author unless I was traditionally published and, you know, I could point at my book at Walmart or something. Yeah,
1: I had, I, I really struggled. I think I was writing several years, maybe even maybe three or four years before, before I felt I had a right to say the word writer or author. And I, and I, for me, it was, um, I felt like I had to have legitimacy. Like mm-hmm. I had to make money off of it somehow. And because I'd sunk so much money into publishing them and I te- technically didn't net a profit, therefore I didn't have a right to say that I had made, that I was a writer or an author. So it was very hard for me to to accept that, you know, to own that title for myself. I, in fact, I, I you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a half embarrassed to admit, I, I think I really moved into it maybe in the last year or two. And that means we're talking you know, 10 plus years, I've struggled to identify myself as a writer. So, and not because I don't think writing is, is a authentic, legitimate, challenging job. Oh no, I think it's, 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 it's a very demanding job, but just because I didn't think I I had the right to use that title. So,
0: yeah, I don't think I really started doing it until I was making a full-time income. And then I, I, you know, now, I don't, it doesn't bother me as much, but probably until I started blogging on medium and like was making decent money. Um, then I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a writer. I sit at home. I'm in my pajamas. (laughs) Like that's what I do. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. And I think people have this idea when you tell them that you're a writer, that your life is something that it's not like it's glamorous or something, you know, like we're all living in cabins and drinking all the time and stuff, right? <laughs> you know, plucking away typewriters. Like.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I do think people really, it, it has a lot of um, false perceptions of it, you know, and, and a lot of them are very glamorous. And and I think we also have a lot of false perceptions of how much money people make writing. I think you can make money writing, but I think it also takes a lot of determination and stick to to make it happen. So... Yeah,
0: there's like, there's like a, a gap, like nobody, I don't think anybody really truly believes that you can make like a comfortable living. It's either you're making like JK Rowling money or you're starving to death. Like there's no like happy middle place. Right. (laughs) Which is not true because I, you know, most of my writer friends as well as myself are making good money. Right. And you know, it's, it's stable and that works,
1: but um, Yeah. Yeah. We just have a lot of faults. So, so part of it is, I think part of building a platform is we're hesitant to do it because we don't think we have a right to do it. We don't think we have a, le- it's not legitimately okay for us to do it, but also, well, let's define what is a platform. What is actually a platform?
0: Um. Okay. So without looking up the official definition, I would just say the platform is your, your reach, I guess um, it includes, it's easier to describe what's in a platform than I think it is to actually describe like what the term author platform means, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, I, I use the word influence. That's how I kind of see it. It's 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 the impact or influence that I have on a set of people.
0: Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. And it, uh, to me, platform just means kind of like a I don't know whenever now that I'm thinking about it I'm thinking about like um the platform that you stand on like if you're giving a speech or something and so it's basically that Mm -hmm. um but it's a lot has a a bigger impact now because of the internet obviously
1: exactly so exactly so when did you start to build yours (laughs) Um. notice we're all laughing
0: (laughs) that's a great question okay so um I tried to start it um a few years ago um and I'm one of those people that just life gets in the way all the time um so I would say that I legitimately started building it probably last year which is really sad to say (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah, I, I start I mean I my first books were published 2010 and I, I was blogging by 2009 and I actually had a plan. You know, I was on Goodreads and I was on Twitter and I had a Facebook page and all those things, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. thought if you just promote that something magical was going to happen and it doesn't, that doesn't really work. I mean, you can build numbers, but those numbers are kind of meaningless. I mean, I, I had over a thousand people following him on Twitter, but I don't think there was hardly a conversation in that a thousand plus people that would ever really, you know, constitute as authentic or real or impactful. I don't think I sold anything. I know I didn't sell anything that way. So, um, so there's ways to do it that's useful. And then there's ways to do it that's meaningless. it's um, so I agree. I, I started about the same time you did. I, I think authentically, really, actually, I started about exactly a year ago, about now. That's when I got really serious about it.
0: Yeah. Um- you know, I started in little ways. So I had a YouTube channel when Graham was three. So he's six, almost seven now. So about four years ago. And I was reviewing other people's books. And I was using that to kind of try and generate and push my books, which I was rewriting at the time. Um, and it, there was just a disconnect. I felt so uncomfortable Um, in front of the camera, I felt so um, inauthentic basically because I probably because I lived in this teeny tiny little crappy apartment and I was only angling the camera so you could see just a little bit of what my apartment looked like and I was trying to put off like, you know, this is what my life is. Um, And so it didn't work, it didn't do me any good because I wasn't being me basically. I think once I started embracing, you know, the hot mess that is my life and building my platform on that and being transparent then it started to actually gain some momentum and so I yeah truly my platform wasn't anything that I was putting any effort into until probably September October of last year.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that you said something really powerful in that. In fact, I was listening to Neil Gaiman on a masterclass earlier today and he says, you have to be honest. And it wasn't until he was honest in his writings and honest in his interactions with the world that people started to care, you know, but Mm -hmm. that's hard. I mean, what does that look like? And he said, well, I, I like what he said. You have to reveal more than you're comfortable revealing. Like, yep, that's what it takes. It takes, I call it bleeding a little. You have to, it has to cost you something. You have to share parts of yourself that you're not normally comfortable sharing or you wouldn't normally do.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, especially because there's 100,000 plus different writers trying to get tons of different readers attention for just short periods of time. And you know, if you don't stand out or they don't have any reason to connect with you, then they're not gonna give you their time. And so your platform's basically useless. That's why I tell students, you know, don't follow for follow or buy followers or anything like that, because your number of followers doesn't matter if those people don't
1: care about you Mm -hmm. and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So. So how would you tell somebody today, knowing what you know to start and when should they start? Mm -hmm. Those two questions. When do they start and what should they do to begin?
0: Well, As we record this, it's January 3rd. So I I would say that you should have started yesterday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But for anybody listening to this at any point in time, my answer is also you should have started yesterday. So basically now, there's no reason to wait until you have the next chapter done or the next outline done or anything like that. Um, You need to start building something right away. Otherwise, you're going to finish a book, a project, a product, whatever, and you're not going to have an audience for it. Um,
1: And so the first step. But let me stop you um, with that because here you are saying you're going to sell a product. You don't have a product to sell, but you're doing it in order to sell the product. You see what I'm saying so you see the how the chicken and the egg problem well people would say well what is it what is it that I'm giving then I don't have anything to give because I'm working towards something that's not even maybe it's even just started maybe it's a baby at this you know an idea at this point so what are they what are they giving what are they doing then um you're basically creating
0: brand awareness okay so um it's like when a company goes on Kickstarter um they've come up with their idea, but a lot of times they don't have the money to, um, manufacture the idea or anything like that. Um, they're, they're looking for money and bringing your attention to their business and letting you know that they exist. Um, that's basically what you're doing. So as an author, you're your own business, you're your own brand. um, and so you're just introducing your brand to the world, even if you don't have a product yet.
1: Right. But people will say, well, why would anybody care about what I do in my little small hometown in the middle of wherever and I don't have this, you know, they, we all feel like we don't have anything that's unique or big or, or powerful. So I think, don't you think that's one of the things that's an obstacles? Like, what, what am I going to say that matters to anybody?
0: Yeah, but I mean that's an obstacle that you you're gonna have to overcome multiple times as a writer. You're gonna sit down and write your first book and be like, no, who wants to read this? Like, you know, who 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 wants to you know listen to my story about gargoyles or whatever? Um, so you have to jump over the hurdle that hurdle just to get your book done. And it's the same thing with you know building your brand. I am literally a person who lives alone with their kids in the middle of nowhere. And a pandemic means that we, we can't really do much, and yet I'm still connecting with an audience um, through things that I've gone through, through things that I go through now. Um, you know, a lot of my audience is interested in what it's like to work from home with two kids, um, one with special needs. Um, you know, my day-to-day isn't super, super exciting, but it's still something that they're, that people want to connect with.
1: Yeah, I think um, yeah, because of what you're really saying, and I, I and, and I think the average person, and especially the beginning writer, doesn't know this, is that authentic It's sharing yourself at a vulnerable level resonates powerfully with the world. That we we want to hear each other's stories. We want to know that we're not alone. That the pains and the fears and the the joys that we experience in life are common to all of us. And we don't. We often feel like it's not. And when we write, we're sharing a bit of an inside look at life. And even if it's a fabricated life, it's still coming out of our life because it's all that we know. So we're still going through the grid of ourselves. And we're saying, this is a look at something that we all share in common. We're all get afraid. We all get it sad. We all get, you know, um, we all feel trapped and it gives them a way to live through something and learn through that. And that's what we're selling. We're, we're, we're offering connection with us as we do that and yeah that, it's like it's really valuable I mean people don't realize the power of that yeah I know
0: I tell my students all the time and I've written multiple blog posts on the human experience is relatable and that doesn't mean it has to be super super traumatic or super adventurous or anything like that like Odds are the moms who read my books. So I write young adult books, and a lot of people who read those books are not actually young adults. And but the moms who read my books are wanting to find a way to escape from, you know, making another box of mac and cheese in the same way that I just made another box of mac and cheese, you know. And so letting people into that aspect of my life not only makes me human, but it makes me relatable and it makes them interested in reading my stories. It's not just my zombie books that brings readers to me. It's also my blog posts about, you know, being a single mom or learning how to write or working from home. So it makes us three dimensional.
1: Yeah, exactly. In fact, somebody once said, I I wish I knew who said this, but the more unique, the more the more um, deep and unique you go, the more universally applicable your story is, because we Mm -hmm. all, we all are more alike at our cores than we think we are.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Definitely true. Um, you know, I've written about stories that are, I don't think that a lot of people have gone through exactly what I've gone through, but in some way they related because they've been that afraid or they've been that upset or they've been that happy or, you know, whatever the emotion is. And so it's the same reason that like we cheer for Harry Potter or Percy Jackson or whatever, you know, I read mostly YA books if you can't tell. (laughs) And so, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm cheering on those characters through their adventures. And a lot of times it's just because I can't have my own adventure because I have to go make mac and cheese, you know, mm-hmm. so. but
1: right. yeah,
0: so building a platform when you should do it, well, when do you think you should do it? I, I said
1: yes yesterday, so yeah, I think you should do it. The minute you think of writing, you need to start doing it. Mm-hmm that they kind of yeah. they go hand in hand, you know, they have to go, they have to happen simultaneously. You write, you build platform. You write, you build platform. They have to co-occur because you have to have, who are you writing to?
0: Yeah, and I think it's, okay, so it's pretty common for writers to think, you know, that I have to build a platform if I'm going to be a self-published writer, but, um, a lot of writers who want to go the traditional route think that they don't need to have a publish or a platform either. Um, and that's not really true. So we're both going to self-publish probably before we traditionally publish. Um, right. But we both have you know aspirations to do both. Um, traditionally published authors don't get the kind of marketing budgets that they used to um, unless they're just these huge stories. And um, odds are your first book, even if you get sell it to a traditional publisher is not going to be one of those six figure stories Mm -hmm. so you kind of got to do your own marketing even if you're traditionally published so it's something that every writer should be doing the moment they decide okay I'm going to write a book exactly exactly yeah
1: yeah. I, and I don't think people realize that. I know that the traditional publishers used to market well, but I, I don't think people realize that that's everyone's job now. That's not the publisher's job. It's it's the writer's job. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, it has to start right away, even maybe before you write, but you know, which comes first, you have to know you're going to write to be able to want to start to sell it, your, you know, to have an audience. So, so what Okay, so let's define what is it begin, what does it look like? What do we mean to build a platform?
0: Um well it depends on I say that there's like four or five steps. But the first step is I kind of a toss up because I I'm it's gonna be one of those things where I can tell you to do something, but I'm not actually doing it. <laughs> so a lot of people say that the first step should be a website. I do not currently have an author website. I don't know if I will have one in the future, um, but you do, right? And was that your first step was creating a website.
1: No, I think my first <laughs> step was, no. I think my first step was getting on social media and start sharing the fact that I was blogging.
0: See, I that's what I did. I already had social media profiles and odds are most writers do at least have personal ones.
1: Exactly. So I
0: started sharing my writing on social media. Um, But the traditional, you know, if you go and look up, how do I start my author platform on Google or anything? The first step that's always going to come up is create your author website. (laughs) So I feel a little hypocritical saying like, hey guys, go create your author website.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but here's the problem I have with it. Why visit? Right. So to exactly. me, it's not really, I don't, I may, I, I'm going to disagree. I'm not for sure. It is the first thing because you have to have a reason to want to look up this person. And mm-hmm. if there's no products to, so mm-hmm. why would anybody visit Carrie McAvoy's website? You'd have to know who I was, know what I might be selling to to care enough to show up now. Now I blog on it too. So that's how mm-hmm. I get found in, in uh, organic searches is that keywords, but just, just because, just to throw one up, it's sort of back to that field of dream idea that if I have something, people will show up. No, they won't. I mean, it's like right. one, in what? one in a billion websites out there. I don't know how many websites there are, but there's no reason to find me, none.
0: Yeah, and I'm, okay, so at this point in time, um, I'm gearing up to, we're in early January now, so I'm gearing up to republish. Um, I already have one book out um, and I'm gearing up to, start publishing the, a series it's 20 books long
1: mm-hmm.
0: I have a newsletter which is like step number two I have social media um I have this podcast which would then be a part of both of our platforms I don't want a website I don't see the point of having a website I really don't um you know and I it's an expense um it's a hassle if you, you know it goes down or it gets hacked or whatever unless i was going to do direct sales so sell my own paperbacks or something like that that's a little bit different but then there's even companies that do that for you now
1: mm-hmm. so
0: i'm constantly telling writers if you know medium goes away or facebook goes away or something like that you have to have a, a way to connect with your readers but when you have a newsletter i have that so right. i'm i'm still torn I still teach that you should have an author website but I'm torn about putting it into my own personal plan because it's just adding more work and I'm not going to blog on it right so there's how would I drive traffic to that
1: right right yeah and we're even using it let me back up because we're using a word I want to make sure everybody understands And what is medium medium is a blogging platform that um is anyone can go and write it's but it's a subscription-based blog magazine is the kind of maybe the best way to think of it so if you any topic under the sun is there and writers you know hundreds of thousands of writers I think maybe a hundred thousand I don't know how many of us are there but a lot of writers are there and we talk about all sorts of things and so people read and people who write get paid for people reading people who read pay us right Yeah,
0: it's basically, yeah, it's like, it's almost like blogging on steroids a little bit because you don't have to drive traffic to, um, a specific website or anything like that. Even like blogging on like blogger or WordPress, you still had to find your own traffic and have a reason for people to be there. Medium has their own audience and they're willing to not only show your work to their audience, but then they're willing to pay you for it based on how many people read your stuff. So it's, it's it's a it's blogging with being able to like jump ahead of the pack basically
1: exactly. now there is another there is another platform you don't get paid for it but you do build credibility and that's Quora. Mm-hmm. what's different about quora is that it's a A so people ask questions and then you answer questions but anyone can answer questions and you can have a profile and then there have been people who've gotten well known based on their ability to ask questions so Um, it's, it's another great opportunity to show off your writing. On the other hand, you don't get paid for it, but at least you build credibility and, and you, and you build influence. So, but yeah, I I think for me, if I was to tell someone how to get started, I would, I would say, um, start, start at what you're already doing and then do more of it more intentionally.
0: Yeah. The one thing that I would say that if you're not already doing um you need to is to start a newsletter list,
1: um and you know what that's often one of the last things people do, isn't it? That's what we usually find.
0: yeah, it is um you know, and so if you're already doing something, so like when I started you know taking writing seriously and wanted it to be my full time job, I started blogging, and my second article went viral, and I had no newsletter list, no call to action at the bottom of that, so. Who knows how many people might have joined my newsletter if I had had that little bit together. Um, and it matters because like anytime I do coaching or writing services or have a new chapter of my book, I'm looking for beta readers. I always go to my newsletter list. Um, you know, I was basically able to sell a course, uh, um, for a profit of like $3,000 off of a, off of a email list with 50 people on it. Right. So that's your most powerful weapon, not your website, like having a newsletter. So that would be for me, if I was starting over, that would be my first step. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so you're saying it's terribly important to start collecting emails as fast as possible to have a way for people to sign up, to hear from you on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, because it takes out. Okay. So if, it, if I was just doing social media, there's obviously restrictions. You're on somebody else's platform. Um, there's third-party restrictions on like Facebook or something. Um, so they limit what you can sell and all these different things. Um, there's also like, I don't know, billions of users, like two point something billion users on Facebooks, But there's 3.8 billion, I just looked this up for my class on Saturday, billion active email users. Wow. So that's still a much bigger audience <laughs> that you can tap into if you can get them to give you your email address. So yeah, that would be, the number one thing would be to start collecting those so that you can start building a relationship with those readers.
1: Yeah, and it still comes back to what is it that people want to hear? And and it, it, I can tell you, it, they don't want to be sold to. Right, yeah. I mean, that's anytime that somebody like sends me something, please do this too, please buy this. I'm like, oh, delete, you know. That's <laughs> not what I want to, yeah, see.
0: Yeah, I, um... I've had those times where I'm like, I'm, I'm not sending out a new newsletter. I have nothing to say, but it's always the newsletters where I'm like, you know, I'm just writing away and the kids and I have been hiking and um, you know, the weather here is decent or I'm just basically talking about my life. Those are the newsletters I get the most interaction on. Like those are the ones that people I find actually read. If I send out a newsletter and it's just a link to a bunch of different articles I wrote that past week you know, maybe I'll get some clicks on a few of them, but most of the time
1: people just want to know what's going on with me mm-hmm. and it's boring. So yeah there's, <laughs> somebody, all. yeah, there's somebody that writes a newsletter every Friday and I'll tell you, I look forward to her newsletter and I, and because she does in every newsletter, I learn something. I walk out a little bit better than I was before. And that's why I want, I can't wait to read it. I mean, she's giving something to me. It's not that she's asking something from me and that, that makes a big difference.
0: Well, that's the most important thing to do when it comes to building your platform. Your platform should not be looked at as a way to sell books or anything else, even though that's what it is. Um, it should be about bringing value to your your audience, to your readers, to your customers, whether that's, you know, um, entertainment um, or, you know, having them learn something or whatever. You should be giving way more especially in the beginning to establish trust and respect and a relationship with these people um before you start selling you create a newsletter list and then you just start selling stuff like that newsletter list is going to deplete very quickly
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's that that's what something it took me a long time to learn is that really platform all i'm saying is it's influence of which of building relationships i've built a set of relationships with a large group of people who then want to hear something that i might have to say because i'm doing something that improves augments or shapes their life even if it's just i make them laugh or i give them a you know i you know i gave them some tip or something so they're invested in me because i'm helping them out or doing something for them it's a relationship
0: exactly i mean they they actually call it relationship marketing
1: Yeah, You know, and
0: and it's one of the most, I think, um, how do I want to say this? It's one of the most, like, productive ways to spend your time building these relationships. But it's also been proven to work. I mean, time and time again, you go back to the same author you want to read, or you go back to the same company to get a product. You know, um, everything I own technology-wise is Apple. I trust them. Um, I have a great you know I've had great experiences with all of my products with their customer service all this stuff like they've built a relationship with me and so I won't even look I just bought a new laptop a few months ago I would not even look at a PC like that was not an option Uh so you know (laughs) and that's and that's what you want to do with your readers that's what you want to use your platform for you want to gain their trust and um, really have a relationship with them and I it circles back into being vulnerable and letting them get to know you it's a big circle <laughs> it is i know
1: That's I, yeah, I know i agree so what platforms are you on um
0: okay so i'm on not everything but a lot of things but i divide it up between what i'm on for personal reasons and what i'm on for professional reasons um like i have a facebook page but it's mostly personal um so what I use for my business um, moving forward is going to be YouTube, um, podcasting, obviously, because you're listening to this, um, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Those are the things that I use for my professional and medium. So mm-hmm. kind of a big, uh, I mean, it's a bigger list. I, I normally tell my students, you know, two things, and then I just list it up like six. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what about you?
1: Yeah. Well, in fact, I you know yeah right now I'm on a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. I have a web page and Medium. Um, but I wanna I used to in the past uh, really spend a lot of time on Goodreads, mm-hmm. and I want to get back there because you know, as I'm preparing to think about putting out something that's fiction. I want to be in those groups where people are reading pieces of fiction and start to build relationships there as a reader with them, not as an author, but as a reader, so that I can partly for lots of reasons. One, I know who the readers are, what what they like, why they like it, what what don't they like. But also, it gives me a chance to build a relationship with them, um, and so that what, then I will help have a hopefully have an opportunity down the road to make a suggestion that maybe we read my book for the book of the month or something. But <laughs> But it's also a great way to meet people who will review books. So, cause it's another platform where book reviews are occurring, not just on Amazon, for example. But, so I wanna get more intentional about that. Cause I've ignored that. Um, I'm not doing Pinterest. I'm not, I mean, there's other places I know I could, I heard about Flipboard. I mean, there's a lot of, there's just tons of opportunities, but you're right. It gets overwhelming, super fast, really fast. So, so. Yeah. So w- which one, do you have some goals for this year since we are beginning of the year? Um,
0: yeah. Okay. So, uh, before I got sick, um, I got sick in the middle of November. I had launched my YouTube channel with the intention of doing updates through NanoRimo, And then I got sick, the kids got sick and then it was Christmas. So, um, the YouTube channel is, um, uh, my big main goal for this year. Um, I am on Goodreads and I use Goodreads religiously as a reader um, but I'd love to look into that more as a writer I don't utilize it as well as I should my biggest goal this year is to write as much as I possibly can so I don't want to get too caught up in adding platforms to my you know um, to my schedule right um, so I want to be very uh, what's? I think you just said it. I can't even. My words escape me. Very intentional. Sure. Mm-hmm. About how I spend my time on social media and what I'm doing as and, and have a plan. So that's kind of my main goal is to is to do it intentionally, not a bunch of mindless scrolling and not a last minute. Oh, my book comes out or whatever. Like I want to have plans and steps put in place, and I would really like to spend this year creating. Like workflows, so that I know when I finish a book, this is what happens. You know, right. um, so that's kind of my big goal.
1: What about you? So, well, um, before we jump to me, do you have do you, have you, you? So you're setting schedule goals, but have you also set targets like how big of a growth you want to see, or not really?
0: Um, I have in certain in certain ways. I really want to grow my newsletter list this year. Um, I think that that's kind of the foundation um, because people can people can find you on YouTube or Patreon or wherever you are, but being able to access them and communicate with them all the time or whenever I need to um, is the most important. So I would like to see my newsletter rise up. I do not have a specific number goal because I don't really believe in that because if I work really hard and I say I want 5,000 people on my newsletter list by the end of the year and I don't hit that, then for me personally, the year is going to feel like a failure. That's just the way I look at things. Okay. Um, and so I don't put, you know, numbers on it, but um, I want to see a lot of growth basically.
1: Yeah. Cause somebody else I know, I just read recently, she actually put numbers to everything and that's not the way I was thinking about it either. So I don't have number targets either. Mine is the same as you. I want it to be authentic growth that occurs on a regular basis. And I plan to put it in a schedule. I'm actually just scheduling time. I already have a routine like that I kind of do anyway. So I probably will keep doing it. But in addition to that, I want to get more intentional about sending out, sending out um, links and comments. I want to plan them ahead, but also then do things every day spontaneously. So I want to do a mix of interactions. So... I have a a profile that's new. So I just, it's a baby profile. It's maybe six weeks, eight weeks old. So I would love to see that grow. It's given me a chance to to do it again organically. um, But I also want to take the older, you know, my own name, my own profile and and grow it a lot. But I don't Mm -hmm. have targets. You know, I haven't put out, you know, like 5,000 by the end of year or whatever. I just want good growth. So
0: yeah, I think, you know, everybody not everybody, a lot of people do that thing where they pick a word for the year or whatever. And mine um, is to iterate, which is basically just to do it and then do it again and then do it again. And I want systems. My life is chaos. <laughs> Obviously I have kids. So I really want things like schedules and systems and, and, and thoughtful, intentional interactions online, which I think is something that my platform is really lacking. I know it's something that you're really good at, um, I'm just on Instagram whenever I'm on Instagram, and if I see something, then I'll double tap to like it. But I'm not a comment lever. Um, I'm I'm really not. Even if I think I can help somebody, um, I tend to second guess myself, and then I'm like, no, never mind, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <I'm> erase, <laughs> like. And so I really want to. I really want to get better at at interacting on social media instead of just liking things and and then moving on.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, you know, you can help me with
1: that. yeah, and it's fun because when you do do that, and, and I think people get, get overwhelmed by the scope and I view it as one person at a time. I get to know these people by name and get to know a little bit about them based upon their comments. So right now, for example, let's take Twitter. There are a few people that I consistently push, push and promote. I I make a point to respond to what they're tweeting and a point to follow up or to share their work. And then I've noticed they do the same for me. So that's how I kind of see it is, that that reciprocal relationship starts to build. Now, if I add a few more people and then they do the same for me, it becomes like a snowball that starts to grow. So I don't view it like, so for example, on Twitter, I have about 1,500 followers, but I would say in that mix, there's only maybe four people that is authentically communicating with me. But I'd like to take that and grow it and grow it and grow it so that it, it becomes just bigger. And what happens is that I benefit them, but they also benefit me. So it's a mix of things, you know, they may, somebody today posted, they they sprained their ankle and I just said, whoa, really looks like it hurt. And they said, yeah, I'm icing it. Well, right there, we just had, I just had a real communication with somebody who's going to remember that I communicated with them. Now I've become meaningful to them. Now, if I continue to watch for that person and then begin to do more of the same and then help them out, they're going to help me out as well. So that's, that's how I'm approaching it. And I want to keep doing that, but do it Take that and not only do it on Twitter and Instagram, but also do it on Goodreads as well. And by there, it means I have to join a group or two and get involved, which means I have to like read and show up for the, commu- the discussions, the book club discussions. And, you know, I have to post reviews of other things. I may not do a lot of reviewing because as a writer, I feel really awkward about that, but it means I do show up and show interest in other people's work. So...
0: Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's a mindset of giving and not just getting, I think, um, you know, like I do the same thing. I want to start a Twitter account that's just for my medium publication to help promote other writers. Right. It's not really to promote myself. I can promote promote myself on my own Twitter, you know, Um, and, but a place where I can start uplifting other writers and then you know, eventually, I'm sure that they'll do the same. Some already do. It always amazes me when I go to Twitter;
1: people are sharing my stories, and I'm like, "Oh, thanks! I don't know you." You I know? know, like, no. isn't that incredible? It's such an incredible. I, I find it. Sh- I it, same happens for me too, and I'm always touched. It's very meaningful. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I remember the first time I ever connected with um, one of the editors from. Um, a medium publication called sexography Mm -hmm. was because she retweeted a blog post I wrote about borderline personality disorder she suffers from it Mm -hmm. and really felt like it connected with her and um, you know that not only was meaningful for me and for her to feel like you know there's somebody else who feels the same way you do but then it wasn't a a professional connection because I got to go write for their publication and that opened a lot of doors for me so yeah it's 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 really cool to see what it's like to uplift other people, but also to see how they relate to the things that we write.
1: It is. In fact, today I woke up to an email or yeah, it was a message on LinkedIn from someone who read the article I wrote on love addiction. And this person is local and they're actually in the um, a business of addiction and he wants to do maybe something collaborative. So he's wow. already left me his self number and asked that we get a hold of each other. So I don't That's know. where really that will, cool. I know. I don't know where that will go, but all and he said it was an excellent article. You really, you really grabbed it well. And I think they're, you know, I, I live in town and let's see what what we can do. There may be some writing opportunities.
0: That's so you never cool, know. See. You know, you just never yeah. really
1: know. So
0: in talking about all of those platforms and stuff and you know, the writing that we do and then the other hat that we wear, you know, building platforms and marketing and stuff like that. Um, Should we talk about why we are structuring this
1: podcast the way we are? Exactly. I think so. I think it's really important. Yeah. And I think you're going to see that we're going to be alternating between the two.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So um, for moving forward, so last week was kind of our introduction. And then this is kind of our introduction to, you know, talking about platforms, But um, from now on, we're going to be alternating. One week, we're going to be talking about, you know, writing and the process of writing and all of the things that go with that. And then the next week, we're going to be talking about platform building and things that you can be doing and marketing. Um, And right now we're coming at it from a stance of neither. I mean, we both have published works, but the projects that we're working on right now are unpublished. So we're kind of coming at it from a, Beginner's point of view, wouldn't you think? Exactly.
1: Yeah, we're 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 doing it with you, so we're we're doing the things that, uh, and we'll talk about what works or doesn't work, and help you do the same because we're coming alongside of you at the same place. So I know that I didn't start writing in quite the right way. If I had, if I could start over, I would tell myself to do it so differently, and I think I would have saved myself a lot of money. I know I spent a lot of money I didn't need to in the beginning. So I would love to have this as an opportunity to help people to do it, do it well, do it efficiently and do it also um, as fiscally inexpensively as possible. And I think the other thing that's kind of puzzling to people they don't really realize is that writing is actually not one job. It's It's a lot of jobs. You are your publisher, you're the marketer, you're also the writer. Uh, you're your own promoter, you're also your own PR. I mean, you got, you got, and then you do a lot of your own editing. You're going to probably do more design work than you intended to do. So it's, it's, it's a lot of hats, a lot more public speaking, maybe than you're prepared to do. So, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, and so that's what we're doing. And, and I want to help people do that, you know, to think about it from a big picture, not just a narrow picture.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that people kind of do what you did. So they write a book with blinders on and then they don't really realize what they're getting themselves into. Um, Not only like, you know, the speed of the industry and how it moves, but then, you know, you have to be, you know, your own social media manager or you have to hire somebody, you know, you have to figure out how to do your taxes or you have to hire somebody. Like all these jobs have to be done. And if you're not going to do them, then somebody else has to, has to do them for you um and so yeah we're gonna be talking about all of those things and I really my whole intention of wanting to start this podcast was so that people could do it along with us or could go back and start you know from our journey when they're starting their journey um you know that's what I did I had the self-publishing podcast when I started and those guys had just started publishing we're right on the cusp of you know doing all of the things and I was doing them at the same time I've had to take pauses and stuff since then so I still kind of class my classify myself as a beginner um and so I'm basically want that to create that resource for new people moving forward exactly. so exactly.
1: yeah I feel the same too I I, I really would like to have um this to be an experience where people we we learn from each other. You know, you and I learn from each other, but that we also then have people learn with us, so that uh, it's kind of a, we're taking this adventure together.
0: <laughs> exactly, and I you know people say all the time that writing is a very solitary thing. It's independent. It's you know, even though you're running a full business, you're pretty much usually your only staff member. So this this helps. It helps with accountability, and it helps you know. For any of you guys who are sitting at a desk writing by yourself, you know, you're not technically alone.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and it gives, there's other things. It's, it's hard to know everything. And what's nice is that the more heads we put together, then the more we can uh, cover things that we're not aware of. And the industry is changing super fast. So sometimes we might hear something. maybe somebody else is not aware of and i'd hate to have them go down the road too far in one direction and realize oh that's not really how it's being done anymore i mean i know that for me you know, uh, when I first started publishing, Amazon just started with Kindle and Smashwords was a big thing. And now it's uh, you know drafted digitals doing the same thing. And what's BookBub and are we supposed to be on it or not on it? And where are you supposed to advertise? And what does that look like? And there's just a whole lot to this. And I think, you know, putting our heads together and doing this together and makes it helpful to people so they can, what works was it doesn't work, why, why now and so on. Yeah
0: yeah so we can wrap this up. Um, is there anything else you want to add about platforms?
1: No, except to start where you're already at and start now and and it it can just be small. It doesn't have to be something grand. It's just uh, real live interactions with people and uh, sharing sharing what you're doing. And as you said, start your email you know start we need to talk about specifically how to do that because that's the whole process but but uh, yeah.
0: We are going to talk about that. Um, and that should actually probably be our first, uh, our first platform podcast should be about starting. Your I business think so. First exactly.
1: Because exactly. So. we use words like landing pages and we're like, what is I'm really <laughs> what is that? Do I like do a jump and land somewhere? Or what is that? But anyway.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. You guys have a great day and we'll see you next week.